Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. The London weekend for the Cardinals is over off day tonight. That means we've got a full two-hour edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you'd like to join us, multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, uh, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We have a fair amount to get to on the program tonight. Two guests uh, later on this hour at about 6.35. We are going to be joined by uh, Robert Murray from Fansided. He's also uh, part of a podcast, uh, Baseball Insider. He had some interesting things to say last week about the potential of Tyler O'Neill being traded inside of the division, and he's also uh, been talking about some other uh, potential Cardinals trades. So we'll uh, talk with Robert later on this hour. And then next hour, Tamar Scher is going to uh, join us, Channel 4 sports reporter and uh, sports anchor. We'll get her thoughts on everything going on in the world of sports in St. Louis, specifically Cardinals and uh, City SC. In our next segment, I'm going to dive in on this uh, this Adam Wainwright news. And if you're not following along he deactivated his Twitter account and that in itself. Okay. I got somebody has deactivated their social media, but it's the reason that he deactivated his social media account. The really the personal attacks on him after a really bad pitching performance on Saturday. So we're going to get into that in our next segment. In fact, we'd love to hear from you on that as well. In our next segment, we can take some thoughts. If you've got feelings about the way Adam Wainwright was treated on social media and his decision to deactivate his Twitter, we will get into that coming up uh, in our next segment. also want to touch on a next hour. I don't like being critical of other broadcasters. It's something that I just don't do. We all kind of have our thing, and we do things our ways, and... I don't know. I just, I'm not one to criticize other broadcasters. I was listening to what was said during the broadcast of the London game yesterday morning on ESPN, and I got really frustrated. I got really frustrated. So I'm going to kind of 
uh, step away from my not criticize other broadcasters. It's more about the content of what was said as opposed to the actual broadcasters, but we're going to touch on that coming up uh, next hour as uh, well. I I thought it was a, a good weekend for baseball. Could have been better, yeah. I was. Um, they were talking about it uh, nationally on the on the Dan Patrick show today, actually. And and sometimes when you're right in the middle of something, it's good to get a national perspective on something. Sometimes it's bad to get a national perspective on something because they don't know as much as you know because you're right in the middle of it and they're not. But I thought it was. I, I saw something earlier today where nationally people been talking about the fact that did this did this London series actually happen? Was it promoted well? And I think for us in St. Louis, obviously it was hard to get away from it. We knew the Cardinals were playing. Uh, most people were aware, well aware of what was going on. Uh, Matt Pajeski, sports producer extraordinaire, and I had had a number of conversations last week about who was this weekend for. Was it a creative, unique way to put a spotlight on the sport of baseball by going to another country? or But it's still something that was for us in the United States? Or was it something that was more for the people of London? And not to be wishy-washy about it or not to straddle the line right down the middle, I thought it was both. I thought it was a fantastic opportunity to take a game that I love to another country that doesn't love it as much as we do and share it with them while at the same time doing something a little bit different. And when you do something a little bit different, there's a spotlight on said different thing. So I thought for for us, just having it in London, an opportunity for, for there to be a spotlight. As we went through the weekend, I kind of backed off that second part. I didn't really feel like it was as much of an opportunity to spotlight something for the United States, and it felt like it was more something just for the people of London. And that's fine. Like I don't think that's bad. I'm I'm glad. I had a conversation with my dad yesterday, and my dad's kind of an old school baseball guy. Um, and, and we had um, we had Scott Miller on the show. Was that Friday that we had him on the show? We had him on Friday. Oh, long time baseball writer has been doing it for a really really long time. And I asked him about the London series. And when I asked, if you were listening, maybe it sounded kind of a little bit weird. If you want to re-listen to it, KMOX.com, Odyssey app. You can uh, listen to the Sports Online, uh, Sports Open Line uh, podcast. Uh, I I asked him about the London series, and he I thought he was going to kind of embrace it. And he almost lamented the fact that it had to happen, that this is the way baseball chooses to promote their game. And... I was talking to my dad last night, and he had the exact same take on it. And my take is always, I just want people to love baseball. And whatever you got to do to help people fall in love with the game, great. If one 12-year-old kid in London fell in love with baseball by going to games over the last couple days, then mission accomplished. You did what you needed to do. Like just, Just share the game. I'm all about that. But there does seem to be a sentiment from people who are maybe a little bit older than me. I'm 40. Uh, There seems to be a sentiment from people who tend to be a little bit older than me that don't like this stuff, that would rather not see baseball do things like this, that baseball could go, that baseball can promote the game more effectively in ways that does not require 
sending a couple teams, you know, halfway across the world, not even that, but across a, a big ocean. And I don't know. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I thought it was fine. I, I, I was happy with it, but it doesn't feel like Major League Baseball did a very good job of promoting it for us in the country, that it was very much about them. And this is going to sound petty. This is going to sound so petty. I'm okay. I can be petty every once in a while. Both those games were Cardinals home games. Why are they playing Go Cubs Go? Why? I if 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 it's I don't know. And I look. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. This is not something to even be annoyed about. But if if, if you're going to treat them truly like neutral site games, which is what they were, and when it's a neutral site game. You you do things for that kind of promote the, the positive things from each side. Then one of the games should have been designated from a, from the Cardinals' home schedule, and one of the games should have been designated from the Cubs' home schedule. When when that game got over on Saturday and Go Cubs Go is blaring after what was technically a Cardinals' home game, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. But I also didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Uh, that that bugged me. Just a little bit. Again, I'm being incredibly petty about things. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. If you'd like to call, if you'd like to uh, text, you can um, you can do so. You can also tweet at me. Up next, we're going to dive into this Adam Wainwright situation and what it says about us and our, our culture and who we are as a civilization. We'll do that next. It's a great bar. Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Madam Wainwright, and you're listening to Sports Open Line on KMOX. A great bar sports open line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauly. If you'd like to uh, join us, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well. 
at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Adam Wainwright has left Twitter. He could come back. He probably will come back at some point in time. He's, he's really good on Twitter. We, I think we have uh, accepted the unfortunate reality that social media tends to go negative when more often than positive. There are some, I love Twitter. Like that's the, I love being on Twitter. I love watching games and watching the reaction on Twitter and kind of being in the community that is Twitter uh, during live events. I'm not somebody who thinks Twitter is all bad, that social media is all bad, uh, but there are some bad parts of it. And Adam Wainwright did not pitch well on Saturday. Nobody is going to claim that he pitched well on Saturday. And this was, you know, there's been a few other games this year where the line score wasn't good. But then when you went and dissected the game, you could find a pitch here, a pitch there, uh, you know, a a one-two pitch that could have been strike three to end the inning, call for a ball, and then then the inning kind of explodes from there. So things like that. That wasn't like that for Wainwright on Saturday. Wainwright did not pitch well, did not pitch well at all. And, and he admitted as such after the game. Um, there was no what nobody making excuses for him. So because social media is what social media is, uh, there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of negative talk about Wainwright uh, after that game. And I I think it's really important to to kind of differentiate between two ways of being critical of athletes. There is being critical of their performance, which I think that's fair game. I've always thought that was fair game. If if you are if you if you're not mean about it, if you're if you're just assessing somebody's performance and it wasn't very good, that's fine. I when I'm hosting post game shows, I talked about this earlier today with Chris and Amy. When I'm hosting post game shows, like there's a there's a difference between somebody calling someone trash. And someone saying they performed like trash or something, you know, it was a, you know, it's different. Um, we can we can evaluate people's performances, but we shouldn't make it personal. And that's one of the most unfortunate things about the the culture and the society we live in right now, where people hide behind the anonymity that Twitter can bring that a text line can bring, that social media can bring. I do things which Matt Pajeski gets so frustrated with me, so frustrated with me. If you text the KMOX text line, we have your phone number. It's Your phone number is not blanked out. It's not an anonymous text in. And there will be times where people text in really mean, mean-spirited type things to me. Matt Pajeski. When that happens, what do I tend to do on occasion? I mean, you call him right back. I call him back. I pick up the phone and I call him back. And I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I just can't help myself. But I've got, I just, I don't understand why people choose to be mean and why people choose to make things personal. And more often than not, these people pick up the phone and it's always a surprise. The last time I did it, you know, the guy picked up the phone and I told him who I was. And he literally says, now, why would you call me? And he wasn't happy about it. And it's like, because you just said something kind of mean to me and I want to figure out why. And I do that. And, but I, that's, I can only do that with a, with a text. I don't always do that. So don't text me mean things to try to get me to call you back. Um, 
this Wainwright thing, I, I'm just frustrated that a guy who has represented the Cardinals as well as Wainwright has, a guy who is as out there on social media as he is, he is a, if you follow him on social media, he makes your Twitter experience better. It's good stuff. Whether whether it's his old man walks after he pitches, uh, whether it's some of his music stuff, whether it's stuff involving his kids, whatever it might be, Adam Wainwright is a positive light of social media. He pitched like crap on Saturday. We can all admit that. That was a really, really bad performance. But people attacking him personally or I don't I just don't get why, even if it's not personal. First off, you shouldn't attack him personally. If, if you are somebody who chooses to attack people uh, in a personal matter, on Twitter, on text, whatever it is, you should stop doing that. You're being a jerk. Stop it. That's the first thing. The second thing, if you are evaluating someone's performance in a negative matter, why are you tagging them? Why are you tagging at Uncle Charlie 50, pitch like crap today. Why would you do that? Have the tw- have the Twitter conversation, but don't tag the man. If he goes and searches for his own name and sees what people are uh, saying about him, that's on him. I don't think he's doing that. I don't think he's on Twitter searching his own name. I think he's only seeing the stuff where he gets tagged on. So if you're saying something bad about him or bad about his performance and you're choosing to tag him, don't do it. It's, it's mean. We, we need to be better people. We need to be better people. And Wainwright leaving Twitter because of how he's being treated just stinks. I'm just, I'm so frustrated about it. I hope that's coming across. I am very, very frustrated. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Let's grab Harrison, who's giving us a call. Hey, Harrison, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Doing all right. Hey, I agree with everything you just said. I just wanted to make a comment. Hey, these are the same people that can find nothing positive to say, even if it's a 100-win season. These are the people that are complaining about having to go out and get an Apple TV subscription, get a Peacock subscription. They're complaining about this and that. I mean, these people just have nothing positive to say. It's like the classic bully situation, right? They're not going to be happy pretty much no matter what. So they take out that anger on other other people. And unfortunately, in this case, it's like a Cardinal uh, legend, Wayne Wright. So that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, good call, Harrison. I, th- I think you make a really good point. And the other side of this is, uh, look, I know the team isn't playing well right now, but the, the vast majority of people who I'm talking to, the St. Louis Cardinals have brought you great joy. You are a Cardinals fan. They have done a lot of winning. They have likely won a World Series in your lifetime unless you're just a little too young for that to happen. They create a great ballpark environment. You know, the the first game you ever went to as a kid, like all the all the stuff you do, the, the, the waxing poetic that we can do about Cardinal baseball. And um, Adam Wainwright's a big part of that. He, he is somebody who has represented the birds on the bat as well as you possibly can. And because he's having a slow finish to his career, seemingly, people are going to go after him when the Cardinals has mostly brought joy to people. It's frustrating. David has given us a call. Hey, David, you're on Sports Open Line. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say with Adam, and, and to be honest, here you go. I know his career is slowing down, but I always felt that at this point, 
he would be a great pitching coach. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I've never had a problem the way he's played and how he, he's represented the Cardinals. But I think the only thing I've really been disappointed is recently how the Cardinals management hasn't really gone after a frontline pitcher. And, and you know, they in the winter meetings, I was really hoping they would have gone after something. And then the person they do get, Contreras, you know, as, as a catcher, and, and it's always going to be tough to uh, basically um, compare him with Yachty. Cause, I mean, you've had 20 years or so of his play. But uh, I thought it was terrible that they called him out, you know, when he just came to the club. And, and you know, I know there's a lot of panic in here, but I, I really think you got to stick with what you got to a point. But I, I really wish they would go after a frontline pitcher or a once-in-a-generational um, power hitter, you know, really go after him. And, and I haven't seen it, so that, that's my frustration, but not with a player. I mean, that's just terrible. Yeah. David, appreciate it. Them bringing Adam Wainwright back did not stop them from going and getting another pitcher. And I think them bringing Adam Wainwright back was a smart decision. You look at his year last year, he had a bad September. He had a 6.38 ERA in September. Uh, before that, his his May, he had a 1.69 ERA. His June was 3.66. His July was 3.90. And his August was 2.50. He had a bad month. You're not going to bring a guy back because he had a bad month. Now, he's not pitching well this year. He's had moments. He's not pitching well this year. But I feel like it's revisionist history sitting here saying the way he pitched last year was was, uh, foreshadowing what was going to happen this year. I don't think that's true because he had had a slow finish to the year last year. But up until September, he was really good. He was really good. Sub four ERA, and uh, he had a four ERA in April, and then a sub four ERA every other month, and a sub three ERA in two of those months. He was fine. Of course, you bring him back. Um, he's not pitching well this year. He just doesn't deserve what's going on. Um, Fred in Columbia text in says to attack Adam Wainwright on Twitter. Twitter is a classless thing to do. He's done so much for the Cardinals that needs to be celebrated. Uh, text message from the 217 says, I hate to say it, but Wainwright may have stayed a year too long. Maybe. Maybe. Let's see what it looks like going down. I still think there's a chance that he bounces back. I still think who he was a couple starts ago, the pitching into the seventh, giving up three runs, that kind of performance. I think you can get that more often than not from Wainwright, but maybe not. Maybe this is the beginning of the end for him for sure. Uh, but that has nothing to do with the way he was treated on social media. All right, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk potential trade possibilities. Robert Murray. Baseball insider had some interesting information about uh, Tyler O'Neill that we talked about last week. And then he's got uh, maybe an idea of some other things the Cardinals are potentially working on. He's going to join us in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's a gray bar sports open line right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. A Graybar Sports Open Line does roll on here on KMOX. We've still got a little bit more than a month until the Major League Baseball trade deadline. We don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. They could buy, they could sell, they could do nothing. They could just try to sort of rearrange their roster where they're working with maybe other teams that are trying to add to get a little bit of insight on uh, what's going to be going down at the deadline. Very happy to uh, welcome on to the program my friend Robert Murray. You read him at Fansided. You also listen to the uh, Baseball Insiders uh, podcast, which is available on podcast platforms in addition to being available on YouTube. Follow him on Twitter at ByRobertMurray. Robert, always appreciate you taking some time. How are you? Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I I first saw something from you a little bit more than a week ago that kind of piqued my interest. And you would there's there's been a lot of talk about Tyler O'Neill and where he may end up. There's a lot of people that believe the Cardinals are going to move him. He's injured right now with no sign of when he's really going to be able to return. So it's easier said than done to to move him. Uh, but you had mentioned something about maybe an, a divisional rival in the Milwaukee Brewers possibly being involved in, in Tyler Neal, at least interested in him. Do you still see any scenario where the Cardinals and Brewers could work out a deal like that? Yeah, it's it's O'Neill is a player that the Brewers have liked for quite some time, and it wouldn't surprise me if they engaged at some point. I don't know if they've done that yet, but it makes it more difficult, as you said, because he's hurt. Um, I would imagine it's going to be unlikely that the Cardinals end up trading O'Neill in the division. He's, I know he's struggled recently, but he's a talented player, and when he's healthy, he can put up some really good numbers. And I do expect, if he is healthy, that there will be some other teams involved. I think if the Cardinals had it their way, that he would probably be somewhere else come August 1st. But um, a lot of it is just going to boil down to whether or not he's healthy. And if he is, then I would imagine he'll end up somewhere else come August 1st. Do they almost, if they do move them, do they almost have to accept that they're going to sell low just because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams that look at a guy who has not been able to consistently stay healthy in his career? Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're looking at is, is considering his struggles last year and then this year and then his injury history that he's had, um, they would definitely be selling low, especially considering where he was at a couple of years ago. He looked like he was um, a sneaky MVP candidate after his breakout season and it just hasn't been the same since. So um, it would definitely be a, a sell low candidate in a situation there. And um, that's it's really unfortunate, too, because injuries may have derailed what was once a really, really, really promising career for O'Neill. You're, you're very connected. You have an idea of a lot of the conversations that are going on behind closed doors. Are you hearing the Cardinals being mentioned much in conversations that are going on right now? Yeah, it's the early buzz with the Cardinals. Obviously, everybody's wondering about Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato. And every sense that I've gotten is that those two are not going to be going anywhere. And John Mozalek, when he was talking to the media, pretty much indicated the same when he said that he's not looking to tear anything down, which makes sense because Goldschmidt and Arnato are two pieces that you can build around. And then you can put Jordan Walker with them. Uh, you can put Mason Wynn when he's up at the majors. And you can put a lot of these young players around him around those two and you have yourselves a really good looking team. I think if from every indication that I've gotten is that if they do end up selling, it's going to be more along the lines of like a Tyler O'Neill type or 
uh, Jack Flaherty or Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Jordan Hicks could be an intriguing candidate. I wonder if some teams could even inquire about Giovanni Gallegos. Um, you know, teams are always looking for bullpen help uh, come July. And having Jordan Hicks and Gallegos uh, gives the Cardinals two uh, really promising um, veteran options for, for contending teams if, if that's the direction that the Cardinals, Cardinals end up going. So the Cardinals are eight and a half games back. We're, like I said, just a little bit more than a month away from the deadline. At, at what point do you think the Cardinals need to kind of make that decision on what their approach is going to be leading into the deadline? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the Cardinals are going to try to wait this out as long as possible because with the talent they have on that team, it, things can click at just the flip of a switch. And they can go from being nine and a half games out. They can end up closing that gap and being in first within a month, uh, especially with how bad that the, the NL Central is. I know the Reds are surging, but the rest of the division doesn't look too promising. Um, but my guess is it would probably have to be at least like a week in advance of the July 31st deadline. And then that gives the front office time to, to really plant those seeds with other teams, figure out exactly what they want to do, who they want to target. Uh, either in farm systems or on major league rosters, and then go from there. You've watched this game for a long time. Do you believe in what the Reds are doing right now? Maybe not the being able to you know string together eleven game winning streaks, but in terms of at least playing above five hundred ball the rest of the season, is that something that this Reds team can do? You know, I so I've been trying to forecast the NL Central for the entire season. I entered the season thinking that the Cardinals would win it and then the Pirates are surging, and then I bought into the Pirates, and then I bought into the Brewers, and it seems like I've kind of gone 0 for 3, so I'm <laughs> hoping this one will end up being what changes it. I am absolutely buying into the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, their young talent that they have, especially Ellie De La Cruz, um, is just, it's, it's taken over baseball right now. It's the talk of baseball. And if you would ask me coming into the season uh, if I thought the Reds were going to be the talk of baseball at any point, I would have I thought no chance. But De La Cruz has done that. Their young talent is is absolutely lived up to all the hype and then some. And then they get Joey Votto back. And Votto has even said that he's he's had the most fun of his career that he's ever had. And watching uh, De La Cruz said or he said it reminded him of like a young Mickey Mantle, which that's a that's a lofty comparison, especially just for a guy like Votto who does not just sugarcoat things. He he's. Uh, He's very honest, and he's like he's even said that he goes into games now expecting them to win, and that's not necessarily the mindset that they had in previous years. And uh, they're riding the high right now. They got vibes galore, and they're going they're going to add at the deadline. That's the direction that they're trending in right now, and I fully expect them to be contending. I don't know if they win it, but I'm absolutely buying in, uh, into the Cincinnati Reds right now. We continue to be joined by Robert Murray. You read him at Fansided. You listen to him on the Baseball Insiders podcast. It's an interesting division right now because the Cardinals do have Jordan Walker. There's other really good prospects like a Mason Wynn, like a Gordon Graceffo. There's a handful of them. But you look at some, you know, the the Pirates, I know they've fallen apart here over the last few weeks, but there's a lot of good, really young talent there. The Reds are, are a good young team. It feels like what is a bad division right now is not that far off from being a, a pretty good division top to bottom. No, I think you're spot on with that. Is the Reds are showing exactly what they can be, and they have some really good talent 
um, in the minors too that's waiting. They have a load of infielders, the middle infielders specifically. And I wondered if they, if they could even try to trade from from that surplus to try to uh, supplement a different area on the major league roster. But the Pirates are a team that coming into the year, I thought maybe they were like a year or two out because they have a very good core in the majors, a good young core, and key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, and O'Neill Cruz. Now they got Henry Davis. They got some really talented pitchers in the minors too. It's like they got that's a promising situation there. And then with the Cardinals, as as I said earlier, they have obviously Arnado and um, and Goldschmidt, but they have Jordan Walker, they have Nolan Gorman, uh, Mason Wynn. They have a load of prospects. Like that division is only going to get better. And the Brewers too. You can't forget yeah. about them. The Cubs are look like they're on the way up too. That has a shot to be a very competitive division. I don't necessarily know if it can be like a what the AL or NL West look like, but there there's a shot that there could be at least four contending teams in that division before too long. John Mosaylock recently spoke, and he basically said, as a team, you can buy, you can sell, you can do nothing, or there's also the possibility that uh, you work with another team that's also contending, and you take one of your uh, areas of strength, one of your areas of depth, and go to a team that has that need, and and, and vice versa. Do you feel like maybe that's if, if the Cardinals don't stay, if they you know just climb up a little bit, and maybe all of a sudden they're four or five games back? Does it feel like as opposed to a a true buy or a true sell, maybe there's a possibility to just kind of reshuffle the roster a bit. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's definitely a shot of that, but it's, it would be really interesting to see exactly how they do that. If they try to trade from that outfield surplus and move O'Neill for maybe a starting pitcher, they move from a different area of the roster. Um, but I, I think if, if this is just speculation, this isn't anything that I heard, but I think if, if they can try to get, uh, a starting pitcher who's controllable, um, I think that would be something that's really intriguing to them considering that they don't really have much starting pitching on the books in future seasons because um, that's been an area that was weak coming into the season. I know that was something that the Cardinals thought they would be able to mask, uh, but that has not been the case at all. So I think if they can add a controllable starting pitcher in that kind of scenario, I think that would be something they'd be open to. I'll finish you with this. You look at the National League and you look at the money that was spent in the offseason. The Dodgers always spend money, but we saw the the Phillies throwing around money, the Padres throwing around money. I mean, there's just there's a there's a handful of teams that are going all in and we're seeing crazy money being spent. The Cardinals have always been a little bit more reserved. The Wilson Contreras contract was one of the biggest contracts uh they've ever handed out. If if the Cardinals are going to remain competitive, do you feel like they may have to change the model a little bit in terms of how they do handle off seasons? That's a very interesting question. And I think they're going to have to evaluate some certain things because clearly what they're doing right now is not working. And I think a lot of it will have to stem with the starting rotation and they need, they need to invest more resources into that. Obviously, like I know they've spent in that. Like obviously they signed Adam Wainwright they ended up getting Miles Michaelis. They got Steven Matz, but that signing has not worked out. Um, they need to invest more prominent and bigger resources into that, get themselves a frontline starter, and go from there. Because that's what they've uh, – because right now what their rotation is not, is not living up to the bill. Like Jordan Montgomery, I'm a big fan of his, but the rest of that rotation has just not lived up to it. And I think – 
if they're going to get over the hump, they're going to need to address rotation in a bigger and more meaningful way that they've done in recent years. I know they had success with uh, J.A. Happ and John Lester in one trade deadline and then Jose Quintana at the last deadline, but they need bigger names because when you go into the postseason, the big stars in the rotation are the ones that get you um, deeper into the postseason. I think that's something that's lacking and that they have lacked. He is Robert Murray. You read him at Fan Side of the uh, the podcast. Is the Baseball Insiders give a give a plug for that? It's, it's fantastic. I know it's relatively new, and uh, a lot of this information that you have you uh, put out uh, via the podcast. Yeah, no, I appreciate that big time. Yeah, the Baseball Insiders podcast on YouTube or stuff on Spotify every Monday and Thursday. Uh, Matt Pauly, you're the man. I appreciate you and your friendship, and always uh, always glad to be on here with you, Robert. It goes uh, back towards you. Thank you, and uh, we'll get you on again real soon. All right, that sounds great to me. Have a great night. All right, you too. There's Robert Murray joining us by Robert Murray on Twitter. Uh, follow him. Check out the podcast. It's fantastic stuff. We'll take a break. He, by the way, joined us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. We'll take one more break. Come back. Wrap up our number one of the program. It's a great our sports open line on KMOX. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. 314-436-7900 at Matt Pauley on air on Twitter if you want to uh, tweet at me. So over the weekend, we learned that the Blues and Philadelphia Flyers were reportedly getting close to a trade where Kevin Hayes was going to come over to uh, St. Louis. There are going to be some other players uh, involved in the deal as well. Um, the Flyers were going to hold on to a significant portion of Hayes' contract. So that was going to help the Blues from a salary cap position. And then the Blues would have reportedly included one of their first-round draft picks. So we've talked about this since the Blues accumulated all those picks. They are in such salary cap hell one of the ways to get out of said hell is to uh, use your draft picks not as a way to really acquire players, but use them as a way to clear some cap space. And um, this deal has gotten hold held up uh, re- reportedly. Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic has been uh, kind of leading the way on this story. There's been other reporters who have been all over it. Reportedly, part of the deal was going to be Tory Krug going to the Flyers. This has not been 100% confirmed, but uh, it did get out that one of the issues that was holding up this deal was a player who had a no-trade clause not uh, waiving his no-trade clause. Uh, Rutherford did some work and, and talked to uh, some of the players who, uh, who who do have no trade clauses for the Blues, and they had said uh, that they had not been approached about waiving it. So you push down enough dominoes, and you are able to eventually uh, come to the realization that it is likely Krug that was the guy that's holding it up. Now, two things on this. Thing number one, in a perfect world, Krug would waive the no trade clause. Like from a blues perspective in a, in a perfect world, you'd be able to work out the trade. 
but I'm not, you put in, you don't put no trade clauses in your contract just to waive them. Like they're there for a reason. When, when you are negotiating something, you put that in. There's been so much criticism of him for not waiving his no trade clause. And again, I don't like doing the thing where we compare people in real life to athletes because it's a different world, but people who work, you, you negotiate things into your deals. And yeah, you know what? Sometimes you walk away from them for whatever reason, but you don't have to. And if, if we just expect every player with a no trade in his contract to waive the no trade clause, if there's a point where the team wants to trade them, well, then the no trade clause isn't a no trade clause. All of a sudden it's not, it's not valid. So I'm not upset at him at all about reportedly not wanting to get traded. So what this makes it a little bit more complicated. Now there's talk about possibly involving a third team, a team that he would be okay being traded to, and you're able to bring a third team into the deal and he goes to a different destination and they work it out that way. I don't know if it's going to get done or not. I do know I don't really care what players are involved. I think the number one way for the Blues to get back to being successful, to being a team that's in the playoffs every year, for a team that can start being built to be a Stanley Cup winner once again, it's it's fixing the salary cap situation. They're in a really tough spot. And a lot of it is still connected to guys getting raises and extensions after the Cup, and then uh, you go into the COVID time where the salary cap isn't going up, and, and they're just in a really tough spot. And it's their job to fix it, use those draft picks, get some salary cap space cleared, and start getting on the road to having a more uh, healthy roster in terms of uh, the financial liabilities that you have across the roster. All right, that is it for our number one of the program. We'll continue to talk more Cardinals baseball next hour right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.